Guten Abend, es ist Dresdag und thank you for billion subscribers. Let's see what's going on, man. Trump going to fucking jail. Gail. That's the British spelling is G-A-O-L. Trump proven guilty in Florida. That was 11 days ago. Benjamin or Mystery of the Dead Sea Scrolls. Stop the MAGA cult. Live MAGA Republicans have destroyed conservatism for the Trump cult. Uh, ben Shapiro sucks at watching movies. Ooh. Anunnaki Exodus. Why did they leave Nibiru for Earth? Are they still here? A new Sumerian... Hey there, I'm Rick Clemens. I'm the bold move expert and coming out coach, and I have to tell you, I've been... Why did the Anunnaki leave Nibiru to come to Earth? Nibiru orbits the Sun in an elliptical retrograde orbit, 3,600 years beyond Pluto. According to maps found in Anunnaki lands and reports from the IRAS Naval Observatory, Sumerians lived on a brown dwarf in Nibiru. Mount Graham's intense Catholic focus uses the Lucifer scope to watch for Nibiru's arrival. Nibiru... Listening about the Why Anunnaki exodus from Nibiru. Why did they leave? Of scientists to Earth. Political struggles for power were ongoing, and environmental pressures attracted the attention of the ruling council of Nibiru. Brown dwarfs do not receive enough solar radiation to maintain a habitable surface temperature as the Earth does, given its optimal distance from the Sun. Nibiru's atmosphere was created artificially or by gases and steam released by its geothermal heat. A planet in its outer orbit is frequently exposed to shallow levels of direct solar radiation. During the close peregrine, the atmosphere receives the most significant radiation dose. Sitchin's published history timeline states that approximately 450,000 years ago, life on Nibiru faced extinction because of a deteriorating atmosphere and radiation exposure. The situation was dire during Nibiru's close peregrine with the sun. In Nibiru, Anu wrests control of the kingship from the unjust ruler Alalu, which led to his exile. Alalu escapes in a spacecraft and discovers gold on Earth in anticipation of his exile sentence. During Alalu's veiled attempt to save Nibiru's atmosphere, he uses his precious metal discovery as a peace offering. The ionized shield will shield the planet from solar radiation by dispersing ionized gold particles into the planet's degrading atmosphere. Enki, Anu's scientifically-minded son, is dispatched to assess the chance of recovering Alalu's reported gold from Earth. Enki departed for Earth approximately 5,000 Earth years later, 455,000 years ago, noting that a Nibirian year equals 3,600 Earth years. According to Sumerian records, the first city colonized by the Eridu in the Persian Gulf headquarters, including the Sumerians' king's list. Mm -hmm. Awesome channel. Go subscribe.
Enki and a small group of support staff began prospecting for gold in the waters of the Gulf soon after arriving on Earth. Anu sends his younger son, Enlil, to help Enki speed up Power the gold off. recovery process. Enki and Enlil invited Anu to Earth to guide the arduous mining task, given the infrastructure required to crush rock and process gold-laden ore. Enki moved the mining operation from the Persian Gulf to the Zambezi River in South Africa, where the ore was mined. Anu arrived on Earth approximately 450,000 to 360,000 years ago, and his son Enki informed him of the current status of gold mining on Earth. The brothers argued over which of them would take care of the mining operation in Africa and oversee the command headquarters in Mesopotamia, specifically Nippur. In the Atrahasis story, Anu, Enlil, and Enki drew lots to determine which mission they would pursue separately, creating a space between the two half-brothers that were often at odds. According to Sumerian accounts, Enki was Anu and Antu's firstborn son, and Enlil was the rightful heir. According to Niburian inheritance rules, the rightful heir is the male's child and half-sister. The Anunnaki did this based on their scientific knowledge. It is important to note that the female contribution to the genetic material includes mitochondrial DNA that the male contribution does not, which predisposes the genetic bloodline toward maternal descent. Enlil governed the Mesopotamian region, where Terra and his son Abram would ultimately serve him in the temple at Ur. The Indus Valley region was given to Anu's favorite granddaughter, Inanna, while the Anunnaki kept the Sinai Peninsula. To restore Niburian's degenerating atmosphere, Enki was sent to Abzu, Africa, to speed up the gold mining operation. Enki returned to Nibiru to run the kingdom. In 3760 BCE, the division took place and was completed. Ninhasag, Enki's half-sister and a medical officer, traveled to Earth approximately 415,000 years ago and established a medical clinic at Shurupak. Niburian astronauts needed medical support during their space travels. The Anunnaki complained about aging effects that were not noticeable on Nibiru. On Earth, they experienced faster circuits than Nibiru, which had a much slower circuit, 3,600 years. Sumeria became home to several cities, adding to the Eridu built by Enki upon his arrival. The mining operation and subsequent ore processing were carried out of these cities, and the infrastructure needed to stay in touch with Nibiru. Ancient astronauts' historical event is contextual to the account's background information. The Anunnaki Council of Twelve met approximately 300,000 years ago in the southern African domain of Enki to discuss... Audible is the best place to listen for everyone. For sci-fi people, people who love a good scare, thriller people, and people who just want to be captivated with true crime. It's all here. Download now and try it today. Hey guys, my name is Daniel and I created this painting, but I didn't start here. I used to never think of myself as an artist or even think that I could be one, but I stumbled across Kevin Murphy how to increase gold production rates. Several subservient workers were brought to earth by the higher ranking members of the Anunnaki Council, supposedly Enki himself. Even though they were called working class agents, they were highly advanced compared to humans. Atrahasis refers to the miners as Ijijai, but the Lost Book of Enoch calls them watchers. Ijijai were assigned labor-intensive tasks, including dredging rivers, digging and constructing aqueducts, building cities, and mining gold ore in southern Africa. During their alien deployment to Earth, they were not provided with female companions, measured in Niburian orbit lengths, 
as 3,600 Earth years. Ryan Morhen translated the first tablet from the Atrahasis, the old Babylonian version. Atrahasis, tablet number one. When the gods did the work and bore the burden, the load was too heavy. The work is too challenging, the trouble too great. Ijigai was made to carry a sevenfold workload by the mighty Anunnaki. Their father Anu was the king, their counselor, warrior Elil, Chamberlain Ninurta, the canal controller, Anuji. As soon as they gained Anunnaki lands, they, after casting lots, the gods decided. Anu ascended into the sky. Elil also took the earth for his people. Elil also took the bolt that bars the sea. Enki was assigned a too far-sighted task after Anu ascended to the sky. The gods of the Aspu had descended below, the Anunnaki of the sky. The workload was put in Ijigai. Ijigai dug canals. The Ijigai dug out canals, the lifelines of the land, to clear the channels. Clearing the land's lifelines, the channels was necessary. The gods dug the Tigris riverbed. Then the Euphrates were dug up, settling down in the depths. The Apsu of the Anunnaki inside it raised its highest point of all the mountains. They carried the excess burden for 3,600 years, arduous work, night and day. Grumbling and blaming each other, they groaned. They groaned under the weight of the excavated soil. I would like to engage the Chamberlain. Get him to relieve us of our tedious work as well. The Ijigai, summarizing the key points of the first tablet, surround Enlil's encampment and demand to be relieved of their excessive workload. On Nibiru, Enlil and Enki's father, Anu, are summoned for advice and counsel. Enki is also invited to help find a solution to the unrest in the mines. The Ijigai gold miners are temporarily appeased with promises of work relief. As a replacement for the Ijigai gold diggers, Enki and Nainhasag, his half-sister, design a genetically engineered primitive worker. We will introduce the reader to evidence that supports Anunnaki's presence on Earth. Anunnaki evidence on Earth. Are there any physical signs the Anunnaki were here on Earth? The categories of evidence examined include astrological, technical, documentary and biological evidence. On the Enuma Elish clay tablets displayed at the University of Pennsylvania Museum, the Sumerian creation tale is represented as an allegory of celestial warriors whose skirmishes and exploits led to the planets of their hosts forming circuits around the sun. In the Babylonian version, cuneiform inscribed clay tablets contain the tale approximately between 1936 and 1901 BCE. Approximately 2000 BCE was the height of Marduk's reign, according to Sumerian records, the first son of Enki and the national deity of Babylon. The creation tale of Nibiru is said to have existed in an older version, in which Nibiru was named the homeworld. Marduk replaced Nibiru as the homeworld in OBV. There are exceptions to the accurate representation of planet names and their orbital distances from the sun. The Babylonian creation account reveals an advanced knowledge of our solar system, which was only recently confirmed by modern science. We may be only now reaching the point where we can validate the Babylonian epic of creation based on current scientific knowledge. The Sumerian records refer to ten planets, compared to our understanding and acceptance of only nine today. Instead of nine, there are ten planets in the sun and moon's account. Below, I summarize the epic of creation. Mercury and the sun conspire to destroy Tiamat at the story's start. Mercury is shielded from the radiation of the sun when Enki learns of the plot. Mercury is put to sleep by Enki, as is the sun. Mercury is in a sleepless daze. 
Enki, another name for Ear, unfastened his belt, removed his crown, took off his radiance mantle, and put it on himself. This means Mercury's orbit has temporarily been altered because of the solar radiation from the sun, as Enki's planet is Neptune. For 900 years, Nibiru rested on top of the sun, captured in the sun's orbit. This was during the reign of Enlil. Solar radiation affects Ea, Damkina, and their firstborn son, Marduk. As the progeny of the high-ranking Anunnaki council members, Marduk establishes his right to be born with this account. Tarsus, Pisces, and Capricorn are signs of the zodiac in the heavens. Earth's moon, Kingwa, held the tablet of destiny, which was aligned with Tiamat. In response to Tiamat's fury, stirred by the sun, Neptune turns back and reports to Anshar, Saturn. As a result, Tiamat veers off its orbital path. Marduk, Nibiru, volunteers to help disband Tiamat's forces. Nibiru's orbit captures a constellation of planets, stars, and remnants of Tiamat. Saturn's gravitational pull pulls Nibiru into its orbit, providing a calming effect. Mercury and Venus are ancestors of Saturn, which is alluded to by sending a satellite or moon from Saturn to Mercury and Venus. In Hulu Wind is a whirlwind that releases seven winds against Tiamat. An asteroid, Arrow, strikes Tiamat, splitting it open. The result is the destruction of Kingwa. One half of Tiamat's mass is trampled, sending it to the roof of the sky, drawing a thunderbolt across it and a guard to hold it in place. The water was arranged so that it coagulated into an ocean. After correcting Nibiru's course, the location was affixed to the stands of Enlil, planetary affiliation Jupiter, zodiac symbol Taurus, and Enki, zodiac affiliation Pisces, planetary affiliation Neptune. Formerly, the Earth's moon belonged to Tiamat. The reader should read the Enuma Elish in its original form to understand the detailed creation epic. According to this allegory, at the point of creation in our solar system, Tiamat, Uranus, had an established orbit between Mars and Jupiter. Earth had not yet been created. The origins of Nibiru have been the subject of various hypotheses regarding its capture in our solar system's orbit. As a result, the battle for the orbital position began. As Nibiru entered its orbit around the Sun, passing the outer planets, introduced gravitational forces that tilted Uranus. Pluto was dislodged from its orbit around Saturn by these forces, promoting it to planethood before it was demoted. On its path to solar perigree, one of Nibiru's satellites strike Tiamat, and on its following orbital path, Nibiru hits Tiamat directly. A large portion of Tiamat broke off to become the Earth, with the remnant debris becoming the asteroid belt, currently positioned between Mars and Jupiter. When the Earth was in its present orbit, it congealed into a solid planet, capturing Nibiru's moon as its own. The Anunnaki creation account, read every spring in Babylon, seems to corroborate some modern scientific analysis of Earth's rifts in the Pacific and its colossal moon. It is an accidental panspermia instead of the one proposed. According to him, intelligent beings intentionally seeded planet Earth with alien life forms. The seeds of life could also have been transferred to Earth by an impact from Nibiru. Another planet in our solar system is the Anunnaki's home planet of Nibiru, whose apogee is beyond Pluto, in a 3,600-year retrograde orbit around the Sun. Dr. Robert S. Harrington, the former chief of the U.S. Naval Observatory, Pluto and its moon Charon were discovered by Tombaugh in 1930 and 1978, respectively. IRAS, an infrared astronomical satellite, 
was launched in 1983 in response to wobbles in the orbits of Uranus and Neptune. Scientists used the satellite to seek the planet, suspected of causing the wobbles. Researchers concluded that an object four times the size of our planet had been detected by the IRAS. In 1992, Harrington and Van Flandern of the Naval Observatory published a newspaper article. They used all the information available. According to their observations, they believe a tenth planet has been discovered in our solar system. This planet is called an intruder planet. Dr. Harrington and Zakaria Sitchin, both familiar with Sitchin's writings about a tenth planet, met to correlate IRAS's findings with the Enuma Elish, an ancient Babylonian creation epic. According to the IRAS, other space probes like Pioneer 10 and Pioneer 11, Harrington agreed with Sitchin that Nibiru was. Every 3,600 years, a planet as immense as Nibiru would pass between Mars and Jupiter. Because of Nibiru's passage, Paul... What if a mouse could change the world? What if there could be a huge party with my friend Mickey? Here is where 100 years of... Pole shifts and... The water was arranged so that it coagulated into an ocean. After correcting Nibiru's course, the location was affixed to the stands of Enlil, planetary affiliation Zupiter, zodiac symbol Taurus, and Enki, zodiac affiliation Pisces, planetary affiliation Neptune. Formerly, the Earth's moon belonged to Tiamat. The reader should read the Enuma Elish in its original form to understand the detailed creation epic. According to this allegory, at the point of creation in our solar system, Tiamat, Uranus, had an established orbit between Mars and Jupiter. Earth had not yet been created. The origins of Nibiru have been the subject of various hypotheses regarding its capture in our solar system's orbit. As a result, the battle for the orbital position began. As Nibiru entered its orbit around the Sun, passing the outer planets, introduced gravitational forces that tilted Uranus. Pluto was dislodged from its orbit around Saturn by these forces, promoting it to planethood before it was demoted. On its path to solar perigree, one of Nibiru's satellites strikes Tiamat, and on its following orbital path, Nibiru hits Tiamat directly. A large portion of Tiamat broke off to become the Earth, with the remnant debris becoming the asteroid belt, currently positioned between Mars and Jupiter. When the Earth was in its present orbit, it congealed into a solid planet, capturing Nibiru's moon as its own. The Anunnaki creation account, read every spring in Babylon, seems to corroborate some modern scientific analysis of Earth's rifts in the Pacific and its colossal moon. It is an accidental panspermia instead of the one proposed. According to him, intelligent beings intentionally seeded planet Earth with alien life forms. The seeds of life could also have been transferred to Earth by an impact from Nibiru. Another planet in our solar system is the Anunnaki's home planet of Nibiru, whose apogee is beyond Pluto in a 3,600-year retrograde orbit around the Sun. Dr. Robert S. Harrington, the former chief of the U.S. Naval Observatory, Pluto and its moon Charon were discovered by Tombaugh in 1930 and 1978, respectively. IRAS, an infrared astronomical satellite, was launched in 1983 in response to wobbles in the orbits of Uranus and Neptune. Scientists used the satellite to seek the planet, suspected of causing the wobbles. Researchers concluded that an object four times the size of our planet had been detected by the IRAS. In 1992, Harrington and Van Flandern of the Naval Observatory published a newspaper article. They used all the information available. According to their observations, 
They believe a tenth planet has been discovered in our solar system. This planet is called an intruder planet. Dr. Harrington and Zakaria Sitchin, both familiar with Sitchin's writings about a tenth planet, met to correlate IRAS's findings with the Enuma Elish, an ancient Babylonian creation epic. According to the IRAS, other space probes like Pioneer 10 and Pioneer 11, Harrington agreed with Sitchin that Nibiru was. Every 3,600 years, a planet as immense as Nibiru would pass between Mars and Jupiter. Because of Nibiru's passage, pole shifts and reversals have occurred, causing changes in Earth's precession. Additionally, the perihelion may be responsible for potentially dangerous meteors and debris carried by asteroids. Building Evidence and Technology It is easy to find unusual artifacts around the world, especially those that seem to contradict the known capabilities of the civilization. Hieroglyphs found in the Egyptian temple of Abydus depict rockets, airplanes, submarines, and even an advanced helicopter similar to the United States AH-64 Apache helicopter. Baalbek, Lebanon, has the trilithon stones. For building materials, why choose the most challenging one? Large blocks of stone weighing a thousand tons or more. Likely they did so because they could, and it was easy for them. Among fascinating discoveries was the Temple of Hathor atop the biblical Mount Sinai. The temple contained a strange substance created by smelting gold. This find was the rediscovery of monoatomic gold by David Hudson. The massive stone blocks used in temple construction may have been moved using these anti-gravity superconductors. Furthermore, there is evidence that the Anunnaki of a chosen bloodline consumed the monoatomic gold as conical bread cakes depicted on Hathor's temple walls. The short orbital cycles on Earth damaged the Anunnaki DNA. Specifically, the telomeres were damaged by proximity to the sun. Because of the multi-pass annealing process applied to the smelting gold, ingestion of monoatomic gold acts to light up the human energy body and serve as a bridge to other dimensions. Antimony and other ingredients were added to the gold to turn it into a white powder and cause it to lose mass. Besides model airplanes, incredible solar and lunar temples aligned to solstices and equinoxes, along with tens of thousands of Anunnaki tablets and written accounts of advanced beings teaching civilizing technologies to indigenous peoples, there is overwhelming evidence that the Anunnaki were here on Earth. Anunnaki astronauts left behind impressive remnants in ancient Mesopotamian cities such as Eridu, Babylon and Uruk, where Gilgamesh reigned. The following evidence is listed. Baalbek defies current engineering methods. Gold mines carbon dated to the period that Enki was said to have been in Africa approximately 200,000 years ago. Sumerian baked clay tablets describe the Anunnaki, their mission and personalities. At the University of Pennsylvania Museum, Numa Elish has a very sophisticated and technically accurate description of celestial collisions. It describes our current solar system's composition. The Romans knew about Pluto in this depiction, but it took NASA until the 1980s to identify it positively. What made them realize this? In 1973, the University of Chicago photographed the city of Eridu with its baked bricks protruding from the sands of the Iraqi desert. The Sumerian king's list confirms the city and king. This is where Earth Station 1 is. In the early 1850s, we understood the reality of those living in the ancient Middle East. Archaeological digs in Mesopotamia have brought the sophistication of the Sumerians to the world's attention. Anunnaki's records of marriage, birth, 
and legal contracts were mixed with evidence of Anunnaki's history. Sumerian mythological entities were not invented, but found in those records that the Sumerians knew that the Anunnaki astronauts were not from Earth and were elevated to godhood in the various cities where they lived and built ziggurat temples. In the Sumer civilization, the aliens were flesh and blood who interacted with the people and their underlying genetic creation. In Nineveh, Ashurbanipal's library was burned, preserving many clay tablets for antiquity. Sipar's Anunnaki spaceport recently found a sealed 9 by 6 foot room. Anunnaki's unbroken record of Earth's journey is detailed in nearly 400 chronologically ordered clay tablets within the sealed chamber. During his time at Sitchin, Sumerian records of the Anunnaki were made public. The information has only recently become accepted. Tablets have now been digitized to increase speed and accuracy. Atrahasis texts and Sumerian records point to Anunnaki gold mines in South Africa. Anunnaki gold was mined in Africa, according to the Sumerian Atrahasis document. Carbon dating has proved that those... It's paradigm shifting. All the problems on this planet, bar natural phenomena, are caused by human beings. They're caused by the human condition. It's the, the greatest problem on the planet. Solving it has the power to end all of the suffering because it deals with the fundamental insecurity that drives all of human psychosis. Such a wonderful discovery. The clarity of it is, is euphoric. It totally rewrite my understanding of the world. I came across Jeremy's at the interview and I decided to listen and it just blew me away. It brings about the true liberation of women and the reconciliation of the sexes. This understanding of the human condition will end all prejudices like racism forever. It has also impressed Professor Harry Prosen, who is one of the world's leading psychiatrists. And he said, I quote, I have no doubt that Jeremy Griffith's biological explanation of the human condition is the holy grail of insight we have sought for the psychological rehabilitation of the human race. So you just need to listen to this interview. I stumbled on the interview of Australian biologist Jeremy Griffith. Jeremy's interview was amazing and astonishingly insightful as all the missing pieces of the great jigsaw puzzle of human nature fall into their proper places. I stumbled upon this interview and I was like mesmerized. The clarity of understanding that this gives is absolutely brilliant. Jeremy explains it so holistically and he credits some of the most honest, profound thinkers in human history, gets to the bottom of every single topic that has perplexed mankind for so long. Things like the difference between men and women and the difference between races. This has changed the way I see people. I now understand why they are like it. It's transformed my second marriage. I understand how he ticks and how men tick and why. There's such an impoverishment of spirits now prevailing really globally. And I think the reconciliation of the intellect and the heart and the soul and the imagination and, you know, of the human heart, mind, soul struggling to make sense of its life world. And now with Jeremy Griffith's work, we can make sense of the life world, which is, well, hallelujah, <laughs> hallelujah. That deals with the core of life. It deals with how we can understand things at the core so we could move forward with a fuller understanding. We've never answered the core question of who are we as a species, what are our origins, what's the meaning of life, what are we supposed to do with our lives.
And those questions have been puzzling me all my life, and now I have the answers to it. Healed my depression. I can sleep at night. I, I don't feel stressed. I don't feel guilty. I don't have any shame. It totally rewrote my understanding of the world. Yeah, it's really life-changing. It really is. So, I don't care what you're doing. You need to stop and listen to this interview. Audible is the best place to listen for everyone. For story people, comedy people, curious people, and people who want something new right now. Audible has the best of what you love. Download now and try it today. That those ancient mines may have been used by 200,000-year-old miners related to our biological ancestors. Evidence based on biological genetics. Genetic evidence suggests that the Anunnaki developed primitive workers in South Africa near gold mines purchased by Anglo-American PLC, a mining corporation. Shimti, Enki's genetics lab, is precisely where the genetic EVE study tracking mitochondrial DNA specified it should be. The genetic EVE study also tracked the mutation of the Y chromosome, leading to the same area and time frame as the genetic Adam study. The atrahasis describes how animal DNA was mixed with Anunnaki DNA until the ultimate solution, Homo sapiens. The Anunnaki's intelligence claimed that humanity had received accounts of our technological advances leading to advanced space travel after only 200,000 years of evolution. This contradicts how tool improvement iteratively occurred over millions of years instead of rapid paradigm shifts like the Sumerians. Enki, the scientist, the creator of man. Almost 432,000 years ago, the Ijigai colonized the earth with Enki. Later, the Ijigai were accompanied by lower echelon workers dedicated to gold ore mining. With the mining operations in South Africa, the Anunnaki were in a difficult position. The mining operation was moved to Abzu, Africa, along the Zambezi River after landing in the Persian Gulf, building Eridu, and failing to glean adequate quantities of gold from the ocean. After working in the mines for long periods under what seemed to be harsh conditions, the miners rebelled around Enlil's fortress and demanded relief. According to the account, the miners worked for 3,600 years, one Shah coincidentally equals one Niberian solar year before retiring. Atrahasis, Tablet Number 1 Elil, let us go together. Allah, the Counselor of Gods, made his voice heard from the throne. Additionally, he spoke to the gods of his brothers. Welcome, let us carry Elil with us. From his dwelling, the Counselor of Gods, the warrior, cry battle. His speech caused the gods to set fire to their tools. Their bolts for fire, their weapons for the god of fire. The flare-ups began. As they approached the gate of warrior Ellis's dwelling, it was night, the middle watch. The house was surrounded by Nusku and Kalkal, Enlil's guards, alerted him to the rabble surrounding his house. Enlil brought weapons to his dwelling when he discovered the Ijigai miners were surrounding him. Enlil's vizier Nusku ordered the miners to surrender. His father Anu advised him to fetch Enki and seek counsel from him. Anu and Enki had an impromptu council meeting to discuss what to do about the revolting lower echelons of the Anunnaki. Anu, Lord of the Sky, and Enki, Lord of the Apsu, appear on the Atrahasis tablet. These are the most powerful Anunnaki. Elil spoke up. 
She got up, and the case moved along. As she spoke to the mighty gods, Had they risen against me, shall I engage in battle? Anu spoke to Elil, saying, Let Nusku go out. Get the word from Ijigai who have surrounded your door. Nusku, fully armed, approached the mob and asked on behalf of Anu, Enki, Enlil, and the Anuji, who was governor, and what the problem was. The Anarchy of the Miners instructed Nusku to tell Enlil, Every single god has declared war. We have stopped digging. We are suffering under an excessive load. Hearing Nusku's issue on behalf of the fed-up miners, Enlil wept and then turned to his father Anu and asked that one miner be made an example of by being fired publicly. Anu raised his voice. He also asked his brothers, What are we complaining about? Their work was indeed too strenuous. Their trouble was too great. The earth resounded every day. We kept hearing the warning signal. It was loud enough. Why are we blaming them? Enki, Ia, asked his brother's gods. The work was too strenuous. The trouble was too much. A womb goddess, Belet Ili, is present. Let her create primeval man. He must bear the yoke. To bear the work of Elil, Beret Ili, the womb goddess, is present. Let the womb goddess bear offspring, and let man bear the work of the gods. Nintu, a.k.a. Belet Ili, spoke to the most powerful gods and made her voice heard. Making him is not appropriate for me. Enki makes everything pure through his work. I will use the clay he gives me. Enki addressed the gods and made his voice heard. I will wash on the first, seventh, and fifteenth of each month. Thus, one god should be slaughtered. 92% of households that kick off the year with Peloton are still active a year later? Yeah, actively using it as a coat rack. Congrats on 50 rides! Okay, but it's still just a fad. Just an elitist fitness cult. Come on, guys, I know this isn't easy, but we got this. You'll give up eventually. Seriously? 92%. 92% stick with it. So can you. Visit OnePeloton.com. Slaughtered. In addition, the gods can be purified by immersion. Nintu must mix clay. He was flesh and blood. He was also a god and a human king. It will be mixed with clay. I want to hear the drumbeat forever. Let God create a ghost from his flesh and proclaim it to be his living sign. Furthermore, let the ghost exist so that the slain God will never be forgotten. Yes, 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 said the assembly. The powerful Anunnaki assigns the fates. As a result, the Anunnaki council, led by Anu, decides that Enki and Nintu, the medical officer, also known as Nainhasag, should develop a primitive worker to replace the rebellious Ijigai miners. Now crowned as mistress of all gods, Nintu addressed the Anunnaki council after eventual success. Multiple genetic experiments, failures and mishaps are recounted in length in the Atrahasis. Even the mother of humans has to submit a TPS report to justify her accomplishment to her boss. I did a great job. I completed the work you ordered from me. By destroying his intelligence you have slaughtered a god. Thanks to me, you no longer have to do the tedious work. Man has been subjected to your will. Genetic manipulation is understood in modern civilized societies, but it is so common that it is not a big deal. It is possible that the Anunnaki, who lived at least 450,000 years before our civilization and had conquered space travel, could do in vitro fertilization. The Atrahasis account says they certainly could. This is a severe challenge to the idea of man as a creator. 
It makes me wonder if the biological scientist of our century performs any different functions than Enki did in his African laboratory. Observe the Anunnaki concept of transferring a spirit from a sacrificed being to another. This is like stories of underworld energy, soul maintenance. forces ready for an adventure hulu and disney plus better together in a brand new bundle all for just 9.99 a month oh we have five pat <laughs> save big when you bundle hulu and disney plus